Hey friend, this is Rick Renner, and I want to say thank you for turning on your device and letting me come right into your space today. I'm teaching you a brand new series called Getting Into God's Assigned Place for Your Life. When I found God's place for my life, everything changed, and I'm praying for you that you will really hear what God wants you to do and be where God wants you to be because that is where everything really begins to happen. It is such a thrill when you know that you're in God's place for your life. And there's something else. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. And today I'm going to show that to you in Acts chapter 18 from the life of the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul, after many years of struggling, he finally got into God's assigned place for his life. He got into alignment with his apostleship to the Gentiles. And that was a struggle for him because he was a Jew. And naturally, he gravitated toward the Jews. But that was not his primary calling. His primary assignment was to the Gentiles. And when Paul finally aligned himself with that call, which was in the city of Corinth, it is amazing what kind of protection came to him. And it reminds me of Proverbs. When a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. In the city of Corinth, all kinds of enemies rose up against Paul. But Paul had a divine protection. It was almost like he was made of Teflon. None of those attacks would stick because he was in the right place, doing the right thing, and God caused even his enemies to be at peace with him. And not only that, one of his enemies, you're going to love this in the teaching today, one of his enemies got saved and ended up on his team and became a member of his traveling company. It is just amazing what happens when you get in the right place, when you're doing the right thing, when you're in God's assigned place for your life. God will even cause your enemies to be at peace with you. I declare it to you in Jesus' name. And if you have any enemies right now, it might be that you're in the wrong place. When you get in the right place and your ways please the Lord, the Lord will turn it all around for you. And that's why I want you to understand the importance of getting in the right place, in God's assigned place for your life. And that is what we're going to see today in Acts chapter 18. So let's get started. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner, and I've been waiting for you. And I want to thank you for joining me today for the program. I've really been looking forward to this time that we could be together today as we continue studying about how we need to accept God's assigned place in our lives. God really has a job for you. He has a task just for you, And I know that you want to know what it is. And the Holy Spirit wants to reveal it to you. And once you finally discover what it is, don't veer from it. And you're going to see today that when you finally get where you're supposed to be, there's a special level of supernatural protection that will come to you. Protection belongs to those who are in the right place, doing the right thing 
All of that is in my new series called Accepting Your God-Assigned Place. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats. It comes with a great study guide. Friend, I'm telling you, this series is just phenomenal. It will feed you. And I want you to really feed on this teaching. Study it verse by verse. Read the study guide. Together, it will help you get into the place that God has designed for you. Right now, we're also offering you with us my book, which is called the point of no return. I'm offering this book in conjunction with this series because if you're going to get in your place, you have to pass the point of no return. I really wrote this book at a time when Denise and I had passed the point of no return in our life. We had left America and moved to the Soviet Union. It was the point of no return. And we learned so many things in that transition about how to tackle your next new assignment with courage and common sense. This book will just re-fortify you in what you're supposed to do. It will really help you get to your destination that God has designed just for you. And if you need somebody to pray with you to get into that place, call us. We want to pray with you. We want to believe with you for you to hear the will of God to know the will of God and not just know it, but actually to transition into it because that's when life is going to really start to make sense for you. If you're a partner, I want to say thank you, partner. We're so thankful for you. We're doing this with you, with you, with your help, with your finances, with your prayers. We are able to take this teaching to people all over the world. And if you're not a partner, please pray about joining us as a partner. And as soon as you do, we'll send you a package of books, which we always send to our partners. One of them is called The Gift of Forgiveness. It's small, but it is really powerful. That is by Denise. The other book is called Life in the Combat Zone, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. You will love this. Anyway, we'll send you those two books as our way of saying welcome into our partner family. But today we're going to see that when you're in the will of God, God will even make your enemies to be at peace with you. So I have your, hope you have your Bible, and today we're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 7, where the Bible gloriously says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And we see this so clearly in the story of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 18. So let's go to Acts chapter 18, verse 1, and review where the Bible says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. That was a shocking event for Paul to come to Corinth because it was such a grossly pagan city filled with immorality, filled with debauchery, not a place where a Jew would normally want to be, but that's where God led him. You know, sometimes God leads you to surprising places, and that's where God led him. But as he walked into town, chapter 18, verse 2 says, He found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla. The word found is the Greek word eureka, which carries an element of surprise. In fact, it's really where we get the word eureka. What an amazing moment this was. You know, God is so good at orchestrating events, events that you could never do by yourself. Paul's walking from Athens into Corinth, feeling a little despondent because he's just had a pretty big failure in Athens. Now he's headed to Corinth, <laughs> the gutter of society, walking into Corinth by himself, and he bumps into a couple named Aquila and Priscilla who have lately come from Rome. Lately come in Greek is the same word which was used to describe meat that had just been butchered 
or fresh meat, which means they had just in that very moment come from Rome, and they came because the verse says Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, and we know from the ancient writer Suetonicus that Claudius got upset with all the Jews in Rome because they were preaching about somebody named Christos. Of course, they were preaching about Christ, and they were creating such a ruckus in the Jewish neighborhoods of Rome that he said, get these Jews out of the city. He expelled all the Jews. So Quill and Priscilla have been evicted from their home, evicted from their city, evicted from Italy. They've gone to an eastern port, gone on a ship in Italy. Now they're sailing to Corinth, not because they want to go to Corinth. Who would naturally want to go to Corinth? But that's where the ship next went. They disembarked. Now they're walking into the city of Corinth for the first time, and they bump into a man coming from Athens named Paul. They found each other. It was a eureka moment. You know, I think about Romans 8, 28. It says, God makes all things work together for the good of them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. God certainly did not orchestrate these disastrous events. But since the devil tried to do something, God said, devil, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to make it work for their favor. And God pulled together a marvelous ministry team. And together, the three of them began to reach Jews but mainly Gentiles in the city of Corinth, Paul was finally going to get into his God-assigned place where he would increase his sphere of influence, not just speaking to Jews, but really speaking widely to Gentiles. And that's what we find in verse 4, Acts 18, verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Notice the emphasis on the phrase, the Greeks. Paul expanded his sphere of influence. And in fact, Paul was really having great success with the Greeks or with the Gentiles. Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He tells us details in 2 Corinthians 12 that are not even in the book of Acts. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says that when he began his ministry to the Gentiles in Corinth, he had signs, wonders, and he adds even Mighty deeds, phenomenal power was unleashed when he finally got into alignment with God's plan for his life and he began to focus on the Gentiles. That's what will happen to you when you finally get into the right power place. Power will come, provision will come, protection will come. You will step into an amazing supernatural world when you get into God's assigned place for your life. But then something happened, a disruption, which is recorded in Acts 18 verse 5. We saw this in the last program. If you didn't hear that, go to our archives. Be sure to watch it. But Acts 18 verse 5 tells us of this disruption. And when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit to testify to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. This event happened when Silas and Timothy showed up. Now, when they showed up, they were quite stunned because Paul was no longer focusing on the Jew only, but now he had increased his sphere of influence and he was really reaching out to the Gentiles, to the pagans, to the Greeks. They were so stunned by this. Because for the previous five years, Paul had gone from synagogue to synagogue to one Jewish community to another Jewish community. But now when they show up in Corinth, Paul has changed what he's doing. He's focusing more on the Greek or on the Gentile. And at that very moment when they showed up, he felt pressed in the spirit. Well, those words in the spirit do not appear in the most ancient 
uh, manuscripts of the New Testament. It simply says he was pressed, a Greek word suneko, which means to be pressured, to be pressed, to be compelled, or even to be manipulated. It seems, now this is an assumption, but based on the Greek, it seems that at the very moment when Silas and Timothy showed up, they must have said, Paul, what in the world are you doing? This is not your pattern. For five years, you've been reaching the Jew, the Jew, the Jew, the Jew, the Jew. Now we show up what has happened to you. You are reaching the Gentile, the Gentile, the Gentile, the Gentile, the Gentile. And at the very moment they arrived, something happened, a disruption that caused him to redirect from the Gentiles back to the Greeks. And it seems this was the voice of his friends trying to pressure him or talk him out of what he was doing. And you need to know that when you finally get in the right place and the power of God shows up and things are beginning to happen, sometimes voices will try to talk you out of what you are doing. So Paul redirected. He went back to the Jews again. And in verse 6, we see the fruit of this. And when they, that is the Jews, opposed themselves and blasphemed, they were horrible. Paul shook his raiment. That word shook means to shake violently, to wildly shake, to shake until something falls off. He shook his raiment. And actually, this is exactly what Jesus told all of us to do when we preach and our message is not accepted. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 14, in Mark 6, 11, and in Luke 9, verse 5, shake the dust off of your feet, shake it off of you as an indictment against them because they will not receive the message. And that's what Paul did. It was really a statement. It was an indictment against the Jewish community that they would not listen and receive the message which he was trying to bring to them, the message which would save them, change them, forgive them, transform them. They rejected it and didn't just reject. They opposed themselves and blasphemed. These Jews were really ugly. And in fact, they were so ugly that in Acts 18, verse 6, Paul finally said, I am clean, and from henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. I'm going to turn my attention to the Gentiles. And when he said, I am clean, in Greek it is katharos ego. The word ego means I. He's really pulling attention to himself. The word katharos means to be cleansed or to be purified. But when you translate these two phrases together, it really means I've finally gotten you out of my system. I'm done with you. I am cleansed of your contamination. I've gotten you out of my system. I'm finally clean of you. I'm not going to do this anymore from henceforth. In fact, from henceforth in Greek is apotonun. The word apo carries the idea of a separation. The word new means this very moment. From this very moment and forward, I'm separating from my past activities. I'm redirecting to the Gentiles. That's what he did. And the Bible tells us, and he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God and whose house joined hard to the synagogue. But let me make a note about this word departed. The word departed is a Greek word metabino. The word metabino means to step away from or to make a transition. A transition. This was a transition from doing one thing, transitioning into something else. Sometimes when God's will has been revealed to you, you have to do it one step at a time. This word metabino means to step away from, to take a step, to move into a transition. Paul now begins to transition into the place where he is supposed to be. Look at Acts chapter 18, verse 8. 
When he finally got in the right place, look what happened. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue. In Greek, this describes the chief rabbi, the one that is responsible for all the worship, all the activities in the local synagogue. He believed on the Lord with all of his house. And a result of him coming to Christ, the verse says, many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Those words, the Corinthians, does not refer to the Jewish community. It refers to the Corinthians who were Gentiles, they were Greeks, or they were pagans. These pagans, these Greeks, these Corinthians, these low-level scum of the earth, that's what Corinthians were. When they heard that Crispus, the chief leader of the synagogue, got saved, they were so impressed by this, they began to listen to the gospel message, and they got saved too. When Paul did right, great fruit began to come. And the Bible tells us in chapter 18, verse 9, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, and said, Be not afraid, but speak, hold not thy peace. When the Lord said to Paul, be not afraid, it implies that Paul must have been experiencing a little trepidation or a little fear. Because in Greek, this is a negative with a prohibition. The word me is used here, which is a negative. It is a prohibition. The word phobos, where we get the word for a phobia or a panic or terror. When you put it together, it is a prohibition, which means put a halt to fear. Stop it. Stop it now. It is a command to abruptly stop fearing. And in fact, the Lord says, speak, the word speak, the word laleo, which means keep talking, keep conversing, keep your mouth open, keep doing what you're doing, and hold not thy peace. In Greek, it again is a negative with a prohibition, which implies Paul was tempted to be silent. And now the Lord says, stop being silent. Don't be hushed because of what you're afraid of. Keep your mouth open, keep speaking, keep preaching. Put an end to fear, abruptly halt the activity of fear in your life. It really was a strong message. Stop it and stop it now. Keep speaking. Keep doing your ministry. And then in verse 10, we find that God makes him a promise. For I am with thee. Isn't that good news? We're in the right place, doing the right thing, and God's assigned place for you. There's a special knowing that God is with you. But notice what else Jesus says. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. Set on thee is a Greek word, epitithemi. No man will touch you. No man will lay a hand on you. But you have to hear the whole phrase. He says, no man will lay a hand on you to hurt you. He didn't say they wouldn't try. He just says it wouldn't be effective. The word hurt is the Greek word cacao, which carries the idea of maltreatment, injustice, injustices will not be done to you in this place. No man will set a hand on you to effectively maltreat you. For I have much people in this city. Then look at verse 11. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. He went a whole 18 months with no opposition. Then we come to verse 12. And when Gallio was the deputy of Achaia, the Jews made insurrection with one accord against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly there is an attack. After Paul has been there 18 months with no opposition, the devil attacks and he attacks through the Jewish community. And the Bible says Gallio was the deputy of Achaia. That means he was the proconsul. He was the governor. Of course, as the governor, he was sitting at the Bema or the judgment seat right in the middle of the seat of Corinth where I was in the introduction to today's program. And they brought him to the judgment seat. They wanted Paul to be judged. But verse 13 says, they alleged. This fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to the law, verse 14. 
And when Paul was now about to open his mouth to defend himself, Galileo said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O oh, you Jews, reason would that I would bear with you, verse 15. But if it be a question of words and names and of your law, you deal with it, for I will be a, no judge of such matters. And verse 16 says, He drave them from the judgment seat. The word drave here is so very important because the word drave means to drive away like a wind that drives away dust. It tells us the Jews were so upset with Galileo and with his verdict that they stayed and they lingered and they begged him to prosecute Paul. And finally, Galileo said, get out of here. I said, I'm not dealing with this. And he drave them from the judgment seat. Proverbs 16, verse 7 clearly says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. In Isaiah 54, verse 17, the New Living Translation gloriously says, No weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken it. That is just amazing. God will defend you when you're in the right place doing the right thing. But wait, then look at verse 17. Acts 18, verse 17 says, Then all the Greeks... The word Greeks here refers to the converted Greeks. Notice what they did. They weren't acting very converted. It says they took Sosthenes. The word took means they grabbed him. They abruptly seized him. The chief ruler of the synagogue and beat him. That word beat is a Greek word, tupto. It means to severely beat. They beat him before the judgment seat and Gallio cared for none of those things. The word cared, the Greek word mele, which means he wasn't the least bit interested in what they were doing. And when all of this was finished, Acts 18, verse 18 says, Paul continued his ministry with no more disruptions. Look at it. And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while. Wow. Now, something really funny is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, where Paul later is writing to the Corinthians, and he writes, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. This is the same Sosthenes that had previously brought charges against Paul. All the Greeks, the believing Greeks in the city of Corinth took him and beat him. Somehow through all of this, he got converted. And this man who was Paul's enemy became Paul's traveling companion. That is just amazing how God can turn things around. And that's why I want to end today again with Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. If you'll get in God's assigned place for your life, you will find a new measure of protection. Even your enemies will be at peace with you. I'm out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. How do you get from where you are to where God wants you to be? Sometimes before you can get into the right place, you have to get unstuck from where you are. When you finally move into the place God has for you, you'll find supernatural blessings waiting for you. In the five-part series, Accepting Your God-Assigned Place, you'll learn how to identify where God wants you to be, how to get into alignment with God's plan for your life, how to overcome the fear of transition, how to adapt and thrive in God's new place for your life. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. This series will help you make the overdue decisions that you wanted to make for a long time. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, The Point of No Return. In this powerful book, 
Rick vividly describes how to take steps of faith into your God-designed future. It's time for you to stop looking across the river of change and start believing the waters will part as you step forward in faith. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today because it will help propel you into the plan God has for you. Order your copy of The Point of No Return for only $15. Don't miss this special offer, accepting your God-assigned place and The Point of No Return. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner and I want to give you a report about our ministry expansion project. As I've told you, our ministry is literally bursting at the seams. People are responding to us from all over the world. They're tuning in and listening to our teaching on television, on YouTube, in all kinds of media, and they're reaching out to us for prayer and for resources. And because of that, we need a new facility in Tulsa to accommodate all the souls that God is bringing to us. And at the same time, we are constructing a brand new TV facility in Moscow because we have outgrown this space. Now we are doing five to seven live broadcasts a day and we simply need a new studio. So at one time, we need a new studio in Moscow. We need a new building in Tulsa and you have done so much to help us, but we still have a ways to go. So I'm asking you to continue to pray about being a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our lives. It's not about buildings. It's never about buildings. It's about people. The only reason we need the space is because God is graciously sending us people and he is entrusting us to minister to them and to respond to their needs. And I think you know that in our ministry, we're very serious about ministering to those who reach out to us. Every day I sit in this chair and I bring teaching to people that I believe they can trust. We're told in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21, that the lips of the righteous feed many and I know that is my assignment from the Lord. And when you're a partner and when you're a part of the giving team to help us purchase the new building in Tulsa and to build the studio in Moscow together, we will bring teaching to people that they can trust and the word of God will change their lives. And I wanna say thank you for your help. And if you've not helped us yet, would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our life. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Today, we've seen that when you finally get in God's assigned place for you, God will even make your enemies to be at peace with you. It is amazing what happens when you finally get in God's assigned place that he's designed for your life. And that's why I want you to have the series called Accepting Your God-Assigned Place. It's five parts, comes in multiple formats. You will want to share this with a friend and it also comes with a study guide. The two of these together will really reinforce everything you're hearing or seeing, taking in. It will really make you strong about knowing where you're supposed to be and staying in that place. 
And my friends, when you finally get in your God-assigned place, wow, protection will come to you. We're also offering you my book called The Point of No Return, Tackling Your Next New Assignment with Courage and Common Sense. And I want to remind you that for anyone who becomes a partner, by calling us or going online, a partner is somebody who gives financially, regularly to our ministry, we send a package of books that we know is going to make a difference in your life. This is designed just for those who become partners with our ministry. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for this time in the Word of God today. It is very clear from Scripture that you have an assigned place for each of us. And Lord, you want us to know that place and get in it. Not struggle with it, but to embrace it. And Lord, we've seen from the Bible that if we'll get into that place, you will even cause our enemies to be at peace with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk to you about accepting God's grace for your life. You've got to accept his grace to really get in your place. It's going to change your life. But I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.